Hello everybody and welcome to episode 16 of the Fetch Everyone weekly podcast. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify and we're a free website for runners. Stitcher? Oh, what about Stitcher? Okay. No one uses Stitcher. If you use Stitcher, let us know, but I've, I've just got, I haven't got enough time to say that anymore. Um, but anyway, fetcheveryone.com is a free website for runners, bikers, swimmers and everyone some websites put their best features behind a what, Katie? A paywall, Ian. Oh, that's not very nice. We don't. We don't do that, do we? No, it's all free. We're funded by voluntary donations from happy users. So hope the sun is shining where you are. Hope you're happy about that. Don't forget to hit subscribe to the podcast. I can see you're enthralled already. And don't forget to visit fetcheveryone.com forward slash podcast with all your comments about the show, your questions, whatever else it is that you want to say to us. So are you here today, Katie? I, I know you are because you were just speaking just now and I'm looking at you. All my senses, in fact, are telling me that you're here. But would you mind confirming this fact? I'm here. Yay. That's good. We're back from Boston. Yes. Yeah. Which is good, because obviously if we weren't back from Boston, we would be still in Boston. Yes, which would not be a bad thing. It was quite nice there. Oh, but, it was um, lovely. Yeah, but we're sort of recovered now and um, looking forward to the next adventure. So we were talking about maybe doing some some fruit at the MK Marathon on the Bank Holiday Monday in May. Yes, um, and I have to admit I'm feeling a little sad that we're not going to be in London but we've made the decision for good reasons, and uh, we we stand by those reasons. But yeah, we well, I feel a bit I feel a bit odd about it. We'll have to review the situation for next year, won't we? Yeah. Well, aside from anything else, um, I'm up in uh, Nottinghamshire with my boy. Yeah. Sometimes it just falls that the weekend of London is a weekend when that happens. Just trying to make sure that I'm consistent for his sake. And, yeah, uh, which is very important. Yeah, and there are various other reasons why we, we've decided against it this time round. But yeah. Um, yeah, so how about you this week, Katie, training? How are you doing? <laughs> how about me this week, training? Yes, I've had a pretty good week in terms of swimming and a pretty low week in terms of running. I mean, I don't mean low as in sad. I mean just low miles, really. I've done a couple of think three milers this week um, but swimming has been good I did a, a good old session in the pool on Wednesday and then went to the lake on Wednesday evening with Silver Shadow and we had our first well my first lake swim but I think it was her second um, we have both bought season passes and we're um, well whittling down the amount that we've paid for it taking off the tw- amount that you would pay if you went and paid per swim so you've so got to do 20 swims to make 20 it 20 in the viable. season. Yes, that yeah. breaks even. Well, actually, you gain a pound. Um, so, um, and you're on three already. I'm on three swims. Yeah. Um, so Can that's you go been... now? <laughs> I've just been. Give us a minute. <laughs> so I've done three swims in the lake this week, actually. Well, the last seven days, um, which has been really lovely. The water is gorgeous, 15 degrees, and um, very busy there today, wasn't it? It was absolutely heaving. Yeah, it looked Literally pretty busy heaving. when I got there. Yeah. So how many layers for the benefit of the the benefit of the tape? How many layers are you wearing at the moment for swimming? I mean, I know you don't put on like four, four <laughs> or mean, five layers. But do you mean now while I'm standing no, here because I'm not wearing my not layers now. for swimming now? Those aren't your swimming dungarees. I can tell that much. Um, no, I mean like, in are the, you going in, in a in a swimming costume in your bathers? 
Are you going in a wetsuit? Are you covering yourself in goose fat? You know, what sort of level of protection are you taking? Okay, so in the lake, because we're doing longer swimming, I have been wearing my wetsuit and a rash vest and my swimming costume and my booties. And up until today, I was also wearing two hats and gloves. But today, I gave away one of my hats because somebody nearby to me um, managed to put her fingers right through her hat just as she was putting it on. So I gave away a a hat and I decided not to wear my gloves today because they were more of a hindrance I felt last time I was in and actually I did not notice cold hands at all today so I think I'll be getting rid of the booties next time and just getting on with it with the wetsuit. Yeah. Good but stuff. in the river I think I'll carry on just doing swimsuit and just doing sociable heads up breaststroke chatting type stuff. Yeah it's more of a sort of a, a little boost for your day rather than a, a training yeah. exercise isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I've been having fun sort of doing a bit of exploring. Uh, I've got over my cold uh, pretty much. And um, so I started running again on Wednesday. And then on Saturday morning, I decided I was going to run to the park run that we were going to, uh, which was. What? Well, I'm just waiting for you to say the name. Millennium Country Park Run Forest of Marston Vale Park Run Park Run. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> That's the one. The world's longest named park run, yeah. officially. Um. Anyway, so it was about eight and a bit miles to, to get there. Um. So I thought I'll give that a go and then I'll do the park run when I get there. So it was quite nice. I, I like getting onto paths that I'd not run before. Um. We've got a contribution from... Wednesday Mouse coming up later where she was talking about zero days and I think I saw that contribution just before I did my long run on the the Saturday and it just resonated with me I thought right well let's let's get out there and, and do something today and, and I know it wasn't a small thing that I did because I ended up running about 11 miles all in total with the with the park run included um, but I could easily have just sort of got in the car and got myself to park run and just trotted around that. But I thought, let's see if I can push myself a little bit today, but entirely on my own terms. So not to any particular plan or anything, just because I wanted to do it. So mm. what my goal really was to try just running in new territory. So I was really glad to get beyond the point where I knew the paths that I was running on and into somewhere completely sort of unknown to me. Um, and, and felt like I was exploring, you know, Hobbit style. I think um, <laughs> I think that when your mojo is a bit lower, if you're coming back from being off for one reason or another, it can be quite nice to find things that motivate you. And if that is exploring somewhere new or just changing up where you've been running for ages or, or one of those things, then it can be, can be a nice motivator, can't it? Yeah, it, it was quite motivating until I got to the bit with the stingies and then I was like I wish I knew about these um so I had to plow through um, a bunch of stingies which wasn't very nice at all but um I was still very pleased that I did it and then running park run then my legs were just a little bit knackered by that point and Katie was springing off like a gazelle and I was like <laughs> I can't beat your bike man um, but it was nice. And then yeah. this morning when Katie went to the lake, I decided to run to the lake and try to include a new conquer size zone on the way. So I managed to pick up a new zone, which is really nice for me. And um, also ran through this lovely uh, wood full of bluebells, which is really lovely. And then 
across a, a bare field, which felt a little bit naughty, a little bit sort of Theresa May style. Um, so I ended up with another eight miles today. So it's been a good sort of seven days all in all for me. Um, Very good. But um, yeah, that's enough about me. So I picked up a, um, a forum favourite for you this week. And for me, it had to be, it's called Morning Light, the Fetchland Gardening Wire. And the reason I mention this is because I opened our little shed the other day to get uh, some tools out or something. And uh, there was this sort of golf ball attached to the ceiling with a little hole in the bottom of it. And I just put, posted a picture on there to ask people for what it was and, and advice and whatever. So I'm going out there later with a plank of wood and a, a can of petrol. And <laughs> no, <laughs> those, those wasps won't know what hit them. So... I wanted to mention Darby Tup's blog this week because he's gone out and done an absolute stonking park run time this week, running after having had two extensive surgeries this year. And I'm still using my very minor surgery from um, last year as an excuse not to be back up to speed. Well, in my own head, I have been anyway. Um, so I just wanted to send out a big congratulations um, to him for that. And I know he's dead pleased because he was hoping for sub 35 and he was a lot, lot lower than that. I think it was around 31 something. But um, yeah, so big congrats to him. And it really is great reading his comeback blogs and uh, seeing how he's getting on. So have a, have a little check out of that if you get a moment. Yeah, he's another person who's just taken it by the horns, isn't he? Oh yeah. yeah, he's just like going, yeah, yeah, so what, I'm getting on with it. I'm in the process of putting together an article, I'm hoping to... You never are. I am indeed. <laughs> I am indeed, is this okay. news to you? No. Um, I'm hoping to get it out in time to uh, sort of jump on that London Marathon bandwagon that's uh, rolling through town at the moment. Other marathons are available. Yeah, lots of them. Come and have a look at the Fetch Race Finder. There are literally hundreds of other marathons that you should do. They're all just uh, as long as London as well. Some of them even longer. Um, most of my articles start with me messing up somehow and then thinking, I wonder if I'm the only one who messes up exactly like this. So it's all about sort of marathon splits and the sort of things that people tend to do en masse. I'm thinking about my Abingdon 2018 marathon attempt. First three quarters of the race, pretty good, 9.40ish. Last quarter of the race, something like 11 minutes a mile, walking, mostly swearing, largely, mm -hmm. and a little bit limpy and, and a bit messed up. So... I wanted to see whether or not I was the only person who did that and whether or not my starting pace had any kind of impact on how things ended up for me, you know, compared to my long run pace. And there were some interesting findings. Would you like to know a bit more about them, Katie? I'd like to know about your findings. What were they? Did you label the axis of your graph in the end? Yeah, I did, because I knew you couldn't understand it until I had. But, but it made sense to label it, so thank you. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that I found was that most runners will tend to start their marathon, run the first quarter of their marathon, between 5 and 20% quicker than their average long run pace. So I worked out the average long run pace by looking at their five longest runs and worked out the average pace and then compared that to their marathon time. So I don't think that's all that unexpected really. I mean, the, the rule generally is that you should run your long runs about a minute or a minute and a half slower than your hoped for pace. That fits in really. I think that that's 
perfectly fine. I mean, I probably one of my marathoners each spring and each autumn will tell me that they're running their long runs at the pace they expect to do on the day. And and obviously that, that doesn't really fit with a lot of training pace schedules. So I, I do tend to talk those people through the idea of running their long runs slower so that they take their race pace on the day and haven't left it in their training. So I think that's that's fair enough, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But should it be as much as 20%? Well, uh, that remains to be seen. Let's right. Let's... Let's investigate further. So what I found was that whether you started out way quicker than your your long run pace or a little bit quicker or even slower, there's an average drop of about 5% in your pace by the end. So say, for example, you started out 15% quicker than your long run pace. Your average for the whole marathon would be about 10% quicker than your long run pace. And if you started out 25% quicker, you'd end up with an average that was about 20% quicker than your um, your long run. So obviously there's lots of variability in that. Um, I don't fit that rule myself because I totally blew up in the last quarter. But on average, that's roughly where people are. So there are, there are better outcomes and there are worse ones. Sorry, I was just thinking that I know you were a lot slower at the end of Abingdon than, than you started, but that was a lot to do with your injury. Yeah, I was in quite a bit of discomfort yeah. with my, um, so my IT band. It wasn't yeah. too much to do with your cardiovascular fitness on the day. Yeah, true. I think it was really, really sore. And going from walking to running and running to walking, that transition was accompanied by a, a hell of a lot of uh, words words of uh, that would make your mother blush. There's a lot of talk about running negative split, like a almost like a, a holy grail of marathon running to run the second half quicker than the, the first half. Um, but out of my sample of 695 runners, and just to step back a bit, the, those 695 runners, they were all people who had run at least four previous marathons, five previous half marathons, and had indicated that they were aiming for a PB during this particular attempt that I was looking at. So this sample of 695 runners were a, a pretty good uh, cross-section. Um, and only 23 out of 695 people managed to get a negative split in the marathon. Um, 115 out of 695 managed an even split, which is still pretty That's awesome. really impressive, actually. Yeah, but 557 out of 695, so a bit of a landslide for the positive split. Although 160 only lost out by about 1%. So that's kind of... I think I would be more than happy if I yeah. only slowed down by 1% in the, in the second half of the marathon. But the point is, is that across the board, in general... Everybody, with a few exceptions, slow down a little bit. So it's worth thinking about just going just slightly inside your predicted time in order to get um, to save yourself a little bit for for the end for that inevitable sort of slowdown. I think the thing that worries most people at the start of a marathon is going out too fast and absolutely whacking your head against that wall at eighteen to twenty miles. And I think that's probably why a lot of people would be nervous at going out. Certainly, I would be very nervous about going out. Yeah. Um, slightly quicker. We're talking about... Your your insurance policy is probably about 1%. So 
if you're aiming for a four hour marathon, then 1% is about five or 10 seconds quicker than your, your overall pace. So a four hour marathon would be 9.09 per mile. So run the first half at about 9.05, something like that. And then that gives you a little bit of, of flexibility in that second half to slow down. So I'm not talking about going out a seven minute miling and then, you know, crawling the second half. Uh, although that would probably be what would happen but um, yeah just a little tiny bit of insurance in the first half that's all I'm suggesting even with the the predictions so the the regal prediction people who set out at that pace from the very start tended not to be able to hold on to it even the fetch prediction which has proven to be more accurate setting out at that pace more often than not, leads to failure. So it, it's all backing up that evidence. So the article about all of this, I'm hoping to get that out in the next couple of days. So do look out for it. And if you like it, do please share it on your social medias. Stick it on your gram. Stick it on your gran. Um, <laughs> just just get the word out for us, please. No, there are some nice graphs that I, I actually once said had their axes put on, I could understand. Yeah, yeah. Love a good graph. Well, that's enough about us and what we're up to this week. Just to give us a bit more time for the gin drinking um, to celebrate Easter, um, we've got three Fetchies contributing this week. And the first is a thank you from Mandy Moo. Good morning, Fetch, Katie and all Fetchies. It's Mandy Moo down here again on the Kent coast. I know I've recently done a voice recording, but I just had to record this one. This week I was given a little bit of news by the doctors which pretty much told me I couldn't run and I posted on the 700s, the 50s, over 50s and uh, the newt Fred and got lots and lots of advice from Fetchies. Therefore I ended up going back to the doctors, seeing a different doctor and getting a totally different diagnosis. So I really just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to all the fetches out there who gave me advice and asked, told me to go and get a second opinion. I am over the moon. I can't thank you enough. And it's one of the things I love about, about fetch. You are all brilliant. Bye. That sounds like a, a good result, and um, I think it, it highlights that sometimes you know you, you just got to find the right person, the right therapist, the right doctor who understands a little bit more about what you're doing, and um, and then you can get the answer that you wanted. <laughs> but I really hope that works out for you. So that's that's good news. Yeah, so many times I've heard people say, "Oh, I'm I'm glad I got a doctor who was a runner or a cyclist or a swimmer or whatever yeah. because they get it." And yeah, and on to Linz now, who is talking to us about training plans and uh, this surprising fact that actually following a training plan can have um, a positive impact. And I totally understand that because um, there, there are times when I sort of think to myself, oh, I'm, you know, same old pace, same old pace. And then I really look at what I've been doing and I've been doing the same old pace, same old pace yeah. all the time. So yeah, to get quicker, to get stronger, to get more endurance, you have to do the specific training. So here's Lynn's on that subject. Hello, Fetches. This is Lynn's D here coming to you from Northwest London. I wanted to talk to you today about the training plan, specifically in praise of the training plan. I started running about 10 years ago, and when I entered my first race, which was a 10k in Regent's Park, I dutifully followed a training plan. I think downloaded from one of those other places that we don't talk about. And that was all well and good, and you know how it is. 
I got faster and everything got easier and it was great and I enjoyed the race and that was that. And then over the years, I kind of half-heartedly followed a couple of plans every now and then. Um, I had a couple of goes up Project Joker but didn't really get very far because I don't really like speed work. So most of the time I was just running and doing a bit of a long run at the weekend and the odd bit of hills and sometimes some intervals when I felt guilty or when somebody else made me do them, like fleecy. Um, But nothing really very structured. And I got older and I got injured and I got back again and I got fatter and slower and, and that was that. Anyhow, Louise Runs, who is one of my running buddies here entered uh, Chilton Ridge Half, which is in May, and I entered it too, and Badgers also entered it. And for some reason I got the notion of following a plan. I think I just needed a bit more structure in my running. So um, the lovely autumn leaves of this very site made me a, a plan. It's based on time, so no counting miles, although I do uh, have to admit that I do like to run to round numbers. And uh, for the last, I guess, eight weeks or so, I've been doing a long run, part run, an easy run, and either intervals or hills every week. Well, most weeks. I haven't managed to do all the runs, but I've done most of them. And you know what? It actually works. Who knew? And I was thinking when I was out today how wonderful it is. Because what's happened is... When I look at my watch at a particular sort of effort level, the numbers are magically lower than I would expect them to be. So it's it does feel a bit like magic. I'm running along at a an effort level that would normally have been, I don't know, say 11-minute miles, and I look at my watch and the number starts with a 10. Um, and it feels great. It feels great. And last week I ran my fastest part run for about three years, I think, two and a half, three years. And I was chatting all the way around. So um, if you haven't followed a plan for a while, have a think about maybe um, downloading a plan for your next race or doing Project Joker or whatever. And if you're a firm plan believer, then you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So thanks are definitely due to the wonderful autumn leaves. And I'm hoping for a little bit more improvement before I have my race. Um, That's it. Thanks. Bye bye. Oh, thanks, Linz. That was great. And if you take a look at the training section of Fetch and go into training plan in the submenu, you can either put together your own plan or you can import one that somebody else has done. There's a whole bunch of popular ones on there for marathons, half marathons. There's a couch to 5K plan. And once you've imported those into your into your own plan, you can just sort of shovel them around a bit if you prefer running your long runs on different days and whatnot. And our final contribution is from the lovely Wednesday Mouse. And she's talking about how she came out of a bout of depression and how she'd spent a very long time making all these wonderful plans that were going to restore her to her athletic prowess. And she'd stick with them for about three days. And this reminded me a lot of sort of doing A-levels and GCSE plans where you'd color code everything and it was all fabulous and then a couple of hours later you'd be listening to your pop records so um she's discovered a new concept and it's called non-zero days and i'll let wednesday explain all about that hello fetchies wednesday mouse here 
I've recently got back into running and regular training following a fairly lengthy break. I was out for about 18 months with a bout of depression and as I got better I knew that I wanted to get back into regular exercise. Um, however, I found it very difficult to get back into the old routines. I would come up with these amazing training plans, um, I would complete the first day or two and then I'd stop. I'd come up with all sorts of excuses as to why I couldn't continue, maybe I'd, I'd not slept the night before and then I'd feel bad and then I'd eat some cake. and then I'd feel very unfit again and develop a new training plan and the cycle would start again. This went on for a couple of months and then I came across a concept called um, non-zero days on another website. Um, the basic idea of non-zero days is that every single day you should do something um, to help you achieve your goals. It doesn't matter how small that something is, you just need to do something and a day without doing anything um, to further you towards those goals would be a zero day and that's what you want to avoid. Now my goal was to develop regular exercise habits again and so I decided that every day I would do something that was over and above my usual walk to the bus stop. That could be anything from getting up at the crack of dawn and going swimming for an hour before work, or it could be something as small as a simple walk around the block, or even a single push-up. Um, as long as I did something, it would count as a non-zero day. I found that after the first few days, I got really invested in keeping up that streak of non-zero days. Um, some days it would be brilliant and I would go out and do the next run on my Couch to 5k program or I would get up early and go swimming before work. Other days I'd maybe go climbing for half an hour and then some days I really didn't have the energy or the motivation to do anything but I'd still do a plank for 30 seconds before bed and that still counted, it didn't matter, it was all working towards that goal of developing regular exercise habits again. Again, I built up a streak um, for about a month, for about 30 days, until a bit of a nasty cold hit and I had my first absolute zero day, um, which was a bit of a blow. Um, but by that point, I'd, I'd got into those regular routines again um, and I found that I wasn't making the excuses anymore. I wasn't um, dreading the next training session. Um, and so really it, it had done its job. Um, building up that 30 day streak, it really got the ball rolling again for me. Um, it really pulled me out of the rut that I found myself in. And I'm now training fairly regularly. I am training for the Robin Hood Half Marathon in Nottingham in September. Um, I've also got a few other races planned over the summer. Um, and as I say, I'm not making the excuses anymore. I'm looking forward to the training. Um, and it's it's become a part of me again, much like it was three years ago um, when I was I was feeling much more like myself. So yeah, that is the non-zero day concept. Um, I now aim for no more than one zero day per week. Um, obviously, training hard every day um, is not recommended, um, and I certainly wouldn't recommend a non-zero day streak long term. However. Um, as I say, for the month that I did it, it, it worked really, really well, um, and it, it really got me out of that, out of that rut. So yeah, that's basically all from me. Um, I just wanted to share 
the method that's worked for me to help me get out of that that motivational um, slump and get back into regular training again. Um, so yeah, I'll uh, I'll see you all around. Thanks for listening. Bye. Oh, thanks, Wednesday. Um, I really uh, um, like the idea of doing something, even if it's something a little bit different. Um, and actually, I, I especially like it to be different because if there's one thing I cannot stand um, as a physio is when people do 30 days of anything um, every single day. Um, and I can't stand it because it nearly always leads to overuse injuries. But actually, a month of just trying to do something every day is a really great idea. And especially if it is a little bit of planking before bed or, you know, uh, just getting out and breathing the fresh air in your lunch hour and having a brisk walk. I love that idea. I think that's a, a much better one than the 30-day Abatac type thing. Um, and, and like I said right at the start of the podcast, I've actually taken it on board since um, listening to your contribution for the first time. So I've been out exploring different places today. So Have uh, you been you. planking? No. <laughs> but anyway, no, I think it's, it's really nice and it's really good that it had that effect on you. And, and I really hope some other fetchies can have a listen to it and, and think about just doing something little and active and useful each day. And let us know about it. Yeah, do come to fetcheveryone.com forward slash podcast if that's rung a bell with you and then let us know how you get on with that in other news and we will perhaps be following this story maybe for the next week but perhaps not much longer is we have little fledglings in our garden and we have been watching them with great interest and we've got two nests um, one of which we think might have had a slightly sad ending to it Um, so we had uh, robin's nesting and we think the baby fledgling might not have made it but we're we're keeping our hopes up because we keep seeing robin's appearing in the garden with food but the other nest which is just incredibly cute is we have a thrush nest and the mummy and the daddy taking it in turns to to sit with their, their babies and then coming back with food and from the perspective of about I don't know like four steps away when the when the parent arrives with the food you can actually see the little mouths opening inside the nest and the food being shoved in give it to me yeah so it's very very cute at the moment so we're hoping that the thrush fledglings will will survive we had them last year and they did manage to fledge successfully so we're hoping for another set this year yeah trying to keep the dogs under control is the the biggest issue yeah um but we were sat out in the garden last night and the thrush was bravely just flying right past us and straight into the nest so it's lovely to see and hopefully they they sort of don't see us as their enemies yeah and other than that we are well not maybe quite yet but soon we'll be getting the gin back out for our last little bit of Easter holiday relaxation. Yeah, today is mainly about finding all the glasses and plates and stuff like that that are being scattered around the house. (laughs) Right then, that's it from us for today. I really would like to know whether you could hear me better because I've been a little bit keener to share Fetch's space this week, cheek to cheek with me right now. Hello. And I've also been making a little effort to speak a bit louder as well, so let me know about the, the voice. Any audio contributions, please send them to podcast at fetcheveryone.com. Don't forget to subscribe and uh, visit fetcheveryone.com forward slash podcast with your comments, questions and suggestions and we will see you next week.